Um, welcoming in air conditioning season. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 362 of the internet's finest English language Argentine football podcast. I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by Andres. Hello, and welcome. Tony. Hello. And once again, our two very special guests for the second, and I believe the last time, at least this year, uh, Jamie. Hello. And Phil. Hello. A reminder in case, or... or a piece of information in case you missed uh, last week's episode. Jamie is um, the person. I was going to say the runner, and that doesn't actually make sense, does it? He's the person who runs. Uh, I the, saw him run to the, yesterday. Yes. <laughs> the Newells in English Twitter account, and Phil is the person who runs the Lanus in English Twitter account. Um, they are both visiting Buenos Aires, which is why they're here in the room with us now. Um, we are sponsored by Fanatis. It's a service that both Jamie and Phil use when they're back home, and you should as well. Because it allows you to watch the Superliga, the Copa Argentina, the Copa Superliga, several other South American competitions. And if you're lucky enough to be living in the most gun-friendly country in the world, then you can also watch the Copa Libertadores and the Copa Sudamericana live, um, as well as a bunch of other European competitions. Other European competitions? No, a bunch of European competitions, because the Libertadores and Sudamericana are very much not European competitions, um, yeah. using Fanatis. If you're a Hunterpod listener... Yeah, yeah, it's indeed, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're a Handapod listener, then you can get a seven-day free trial followed by 20% off your first three months with Fanatis by going to fntz.co slash hop and using the discount code HOPFZ. If you are in the United States, then you will want to replace those Zs with Zs. But apart from that, it's the same details. FNTZ or Z dot co slash H-O-P, and the discount code is H-O-P-F-Z. Thank you. And now, we're going to get on with the scores from the opening... No, not the opening weekend. The weekend just gone, the 12th weekend of action in the Superliga. I'm all over the place this evening. Uh, those scores were as follows. Colón, nil. Atletico Tucumán, two. Gimnasia, nil. Estudiantes, one. Rosario Central, I can't roll that R this week. Uh, five. Godoy Cruz, Two, Aldo Civi one, River two, Boca Juniors five, Arsenal de Sarandí one, Banfield three, Union three, Tacheres uh, one, Newell's Old Boys nil, Patronato one, Racing one, Independiente two, San Lorenzo one, Defensive Justicia nil, Argentinos Juniors nil, Central Cordoba nil, Belisarsfield nil, and Huracán nil, Lanús one. Plenty of action at the top of the table. Um, because those results collectively mean that I'm going to run. The, we're going to do things a slightly different way around uh, this week. I'm going to give you the, the standings at least at the very top first of all, so that we know what we're talking about. They mean that Argentinos, having dropped points, have been caught at the top. Uh, both teams have 25 points, and those teams are Argentinos and Lanús, thanks to that uh, one-nil win 
a fairly late winner as well, which we'll discuss in a minute, of course, with Phil away to Huracan. Um, Argentinos are top on goal difference as it currently stands, but that's all that separates them. A point behind are River and Boca, who both won, of course, at the weekend on 24 points each. River a third on goal difference ahead of Boca. Um, and then three points behind them are Belles and Racing, who similarly are separated on goal difference with Belles in fifth and Racing in sixth. Um, I don't really think that we can put the title race for the moment down any further than that, but four points separating the top six sides means that it's pretty dramatic stuff. And we will begin, I think, with the last game of the, inverted commas time, weekend, on Monday night, uh, where Lanús beat Huracán in the Palacio. Phil, you were there. So was Jamie. I was there as well. Oh, you were there yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Jamie wasn't tweeting it, which is yes. why... I'll, I'll, get, I'll give the objective view after Phil gives the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> fan point of view. Describe how we crushed Huracán in a... The most one-sided... No, um, it wasn't a great match. Huracán hadn't conceded in five games prior yeah. to that game, and they almost went made a six. De La Vega scored in, what, the 87th 87 minute? 87th minute, mm-hmm. has it? And... I know I was saying to people watching watching it with said it afterwards it had nil nil all over it for a good seventy minutes at least and even the goal itself it's not like it was a great chance it was scrappy as anything so obviously very happy but how how was your thoughts after that it's not exactly the way you expect to go top of the league I'll put it that way with a goal in the last three minutes having had. I would suggest less than five shots on target, probably the entire game. Uh, yeah, sofa score reckons four on target. Yeah, that sounds about well, right. Was, although I can only manage one. Mm. It, it was. Woof. I'm trying to find the right it words was, to describe this. Huracan had a very solid defence and were not encumbered with an over ambitious game plan. Hmm. And in turn, Lanus tried to get forward, but they were not creative anywhere near enough with Lautaro Costa still injured it was a lot of it looks a bit more laboured than there was a, some yeah, the, he put a lot of weight on Marcelino Moreno knitting things together and actually finding space and then uh, with Karol Zalski on the right and Bernabe on the left and Paul simply it didn't really work for anyone mm. Everyone, it was a competent performance in that we didn't really look like we were going to lose at any point either but there was no real creativity so it, to more or less sneak it at the end it was very good but and I think it's sort of typical of the game that when the goal did come it was largely thanks to a massive deflection on the cross which yeah. completely wrong footed uh, Anthony Silva in the Huracan goal yeah. previously he, had, had a, a he'd fairly good game he'd I mean, he hadn't had a lot to do but when he, he had, denied he Pepe a few times he looked perfectly competent and then just near the end De La Vega came on I think with 15 or 20 minutes left mm. and he brought a bit more pace to it and he just he was in the right place at the right time and he reacted just fast enough to get it past someone who yeah he, he didn't really do anything wrong the rest of the game what did he make of the stadium I, I suppose this is a question to both of you yeah. beautiful stadium yeah. that needed clean but beautiful otherwise <laughs> very it's, imposing I mean lovely, isn't it? completely yeah. unique I've never really experienced yeah, anything like the shape and the design of the stadium mm-hmm. I mean was it a quarter full oh god no no, no, not from where I was. No, it really is. Considering the security was so tight outside, yeah. and it looked like we weren't going to get in up to the up to kick off. Yeah, we did fluke our way in it. Yeah, uh, but I, I, you turned up in the evening said, and they gave you press tickets for some reason. I'm not going to go too much into how I got those press tickets because <laughs> I'm not sure I should, whilst we're being recorded. But Hello, FBI. How are you? Yeah, uh, 
there were four of us who ended up going more or less in the same party. Two people got in on press tickets, and two people, Jamie included, managed to get. They were friendly socials, I would say. Yes, they, in, they, they in helped their, out in their eighties. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. All, older guys. Very nice. Very generous. I mean, we probably paid over the odds, but I'm also happy man- to get in. You also managed to get into the ground before we did, which was yes. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. But I also got pizza at half time and I don't think you did. No, so. I definitely didn't. Kind of yeah, yeah. So um, Jamie, what did you make of the match that I um, I think Phil's been a bit harsh on his own team. I thought Lanus were very impressive. I mean I'm I haven't been watching Lanus all season, but from a news point of view they definitely play better football than Newell's. Um they've got an energetic team, they pass the ball faster on the pitch, um, they use it intelligently. I think they deserve to win. Hurricane defended well. But they didn't really do much. Yeah, I mean, Lanus were lacking that end product. Yeah. But De La Vega changed the game when he came on. Like he was lot of energy. hugely Brilliant. impressive, lot of energy. and he did he's, really he's well really for good. the goal. Like he's not a, he's not a tall player, but no, he basically he's, outjumped the goalkeeper. He's about five nine, five ten maybe, yeah. and he's not very big either. He's I know. quite slightly. I look, I looked him up afterwards. He's eighteen. He's not going to be in Argentina for long, from what I saw. It was a cameo, but he should be starting. Like he was hugely they, impressive. They, it's really a case that he's been. He was such a big figure last season. Then with the was it in the twenty World Cup. Yeah, I mean, as we said last week, between he's, that and the Sudamericano at the start, he's basically, yeah. and because we've had other players who've come into form since he was introduced, Lanzaro Costa's found form again. Alski's actually looked like a decent signing, which at first wasn't necessarily the case. Bernabe's come through as well. He's, he's Super League's had the the luxury now to just sit him to one side and just bring him on when he needs him. Which somehow he's put this run of form together as a team that we've not really needed him that much. But this was the first time, I would say, for a few months at least, where we've actually needed that burst of something different off the, mm. the bench. And he, mm. and he plays, away. He plays re- regularly at Alonso because, uh, of course, I, I remember him from from River and, and then Huracan, not to have a lot of opportunities because, well, he was really didn't deserve those opportunities. And at Alonso, it, it looks like he found more, uh, he's more, more regular player and... and that confidence is translating into yeah. better yeah. performances. It has to be said as well, the style of play that we play and have done for as long as I've watched, is very much built around having wide players who mm. can run with the ball, can dribble, and then have the ability to either score or create from wide positions. Mm. I would mention last week that we've had this conveyor belt of talent in that position, and it seems to be intentional. I've not heard anyone really talk about it, but you can see how it how it's worked out for him whether it was when he first broke through or when he's come back in he, if he's running properly if he's fit he, he just slot in and we benefited from it on one day uh, Lanus also of course benefited from the fact that shortly before that game kicked off Defensa Justicia versus Argentinos Juniors had ended goalless um, I missed this match I was um, catching oh no I wasn't that was on Sunday night that I was having my catch up with Lee uh, and beating him at pool um, but um, I, I missed this game because I was also in the pub playing pool on that evening as well just not with Lila um, and it has to be said that from what I've heard afterwards it sounds like it's probably Argentino's worst performance of the season yes um, I don't know whether any of you actually managed to watch it no. even so it, even so Auchi had an incredible I would say penalty a moving penalty mm-hmm. uh, and missed it but the defence had a lot of chances also uh, missed because it, it, it hit on, on, a, on a defender, the ball hit on the defender, or Chavez was also great, uh, the, the Argentinian goalkeeper, uh, mm. and they couldn't uh, 
get the ball into the net, that would have meant, of course, for Lanús to be the only leaders. Uh, but yes, it looks like Argentinos, of course, I, it's futurology that I am doing, but don't won't be able to keep the leadership so much longer. Looking at the table, it's probably worth knowing as well that they are leading, but they have a goal difference that's plus seven yeah. from 12 games. That's only plus one more than Lanús, but they've also only scored 13 goals in 12 games. Yeah, They've only conceded six, which is pretty impressive, but that all suggests that this is not likely to be very sustainable. Yeah, but what, 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 it goes, very small what is good about Lanús, since you put it on your own words, and because you, you watch Lanús more often than probably I do, um, it's it's good for them that they can find a way to, to win. That, that That's yes. going to that's yes. gonna give you a title. 100%. That, is, that was the big thing of... The thing that Zubaldi has been doing since he came back has been because that was the lowest point Lanús has been in a long time from mm-hmm. beyond when I started. I've heard people variously say it's the worst, the lowest state Lanús have been in for 20 years when Carboni had managed to take us from a low point and take us lower. But he's come in and he's started from scratch and built the defensive solidity. He's reintroduced that with, frankly, a defence that isn't very good if you look at the individual players. Both fullbacks aren't great. One of the left backs. The left back shouldn't be a, a starter for us at all. He's gone right down to the basics to get a 19-year-old, I think, in as the centre back, and he's just worked from the back and improved every single facet of the team. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's, it's defensive solidity, relatively speaking, right? Because I mean, relatively speaking, we actually conceded more than anyone else in the top ten. Yeah, we, we are, we're not brilliant in terms of that thing, but albeit I think we did concede like three against uh, River in one game, yeah, something yeah. like mm-hmm. that, who absolutely slaughtered us. But overall, but then River are doing that to lots of teams. <laughs> it, was a, it was a complete one-off. But overall, they've managed to actually get a consistent and stable game plan and performance from game to game. Where mm-hmm. even though no, no one part of it is perfect or even close to it, everything functions relatively well and relatively consistently with each other part. Yeah, we mentioned, uh, or I mentioned in previous episodes that after the defeat against River, bad defeat. Yes. Yeah. They they improved a lot. It's it, it was perhaps any other teams any other team uh, is like. They don't improve that much, but Lanús did, and uh, even tight matches like the other day against uh, uh, Huracán, in which you would put a nil-nil for sure, or yeah. the, the, the result for that match, winning that, those matches give you, of course, an additional confidence, and uh, of course, we can't say what, ha- what will happen next, but uh, yes, but w- what we do uh, can say is that uh, uh, this matches gives you a plus, something like well, you, we are doing things okay, and even with De La Vega that I, we mentioned in the, the, the previous episode, that he wasn't having a lot of, or he perhaps he lost pace after uh, appearing in in the in the, in the team like uh, a, a, a promise, yeah, yeah. like for example like like today is Bernabe, uh, and uh, they enters into the match and and and, and scores the only goal. Uh, it, well, it doesn't matter whether well, it was from the cross that deflected in a defender, but the key is that he uh, entered... He had, he had his moment. Yes. Mm. He had his moment, and, and that has the positive effect both for him and for the rest of the team, like you say. And, and the goal for it is huge as well. I mean, it, it, again, we're comparing them with River, but Lanús and, Arcan- and Arsenal, sorry, not Argentinos, are the only two teams who've scored, who are like vaguely within reach of River's yeah. goal tally. River has scored 26 in 12 games. Uh, Lanús and Arsenal have scored uh, 21 each and then the next highest scorers after that have got I think it's 
Well, again, Bochum, 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 Racing and San Lorenzo have got 15. Ah, uh, Bochum got 16, yeah, of course, because they scored five against Arsenal, which may as well, I guess, be the next game that we talk about. Uh, it took Bochum back up to fourth place. Um, that bicycle kick, I think, he was not good for Tevez, even when he's called, because <laughs> now he's injured. Yes, indeed, yeah. Uh, Tevez might have played his final game for Boca Juniors, depending on whether we believe certain transfer rumours or not, but he's almost definitely where, played where, his where, final where game. Where are the rumours putting him? MLS, oh. Brazil, anywhere that's not Argentina or Boca. Another, another final. Very much depends. I know final paycheck. He's not going to find anywhere where he can run less than he's running for Boca at the moment. No, no exactly. Usually, Argentina is the last country you go to if you're Argentinian. Yeah. yeah. Finish out your career, and he wants to move again. Unless you're, Asia. I don't know, the the the, the, the other the other Iwain, probably. But he did. Uh, he opened the scoring. Sixteen minutes in. Uh, Ramon Abila, Frank Fabra, who scored two, and Mauro Sarate got the other goals. Ah. Um, Fabra's first one, I thought, was the best of the bunch. Yes, that was the narrow angle from, and it was a proper finish. It wasn't. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it wasn't a mishit cross because there was nobody who he could have been crossing it to. And yeah. that's uh, something I really nice. don't. I don't get it uh, about well Alfaro. Uh, I think Fabra is much better than us, but perhaps attacking. Mm. I'm not defending, but he, he he plays his first match, I think, with Alfaro in the bench and scored two. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, I guess the first game that he's played for Boca, for what you would call the first 11. Because yes. he, he was playing a few league games yes. in between Libertadores matches when when uh, Alfaro was giving the, the first team a rest. Against Patronato. Against Patronato. And against the too. And he assisted yeah. Tevez incredibly well, and then he again went to the bench. And the, the one who started the matches was... Yeah, but that, that, that you can put it to a little bit of a f- be more afraid of, of, of losing 3-0 to River at home, for example, than anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't have to be a, a football genius to understand that Fabra is a much capable uh, left defender or, or, or left wing back than, than Mass. You, you don't need to be a genius to, to understand that because it gives you another level... It, it reminds me a little bit when Fabra plays, and I don't think that the far is, is, is something that tells him. But it reminds me a little bit of the role that, that Tagliafico had in Ajax, when he the, the, the left winger tries to cut inside a little bit, that, that will be Mauro Sarate, I suppose. And Fabra tried to finish, it, it, it tries to give either the, the width enough to, to, to play, or tries to cut inside too, to finish as a false nine, getting yeah. late to the box. And that's something the mass doesn't do. So I know that it's a better attacker. And if you are two uh, one nil down, uh, down already, you, you should try to put your best attackers e- either in defense, you know. And he showed again Arsenal, which is a good team and doing really, really well for for a team that just got um, promoted. Faber showed that he, he he should be the first choice without any doubt. Instead of, of mass, which is more conservative um, choice. Of course, the coaches, the coaches there, and, and the training sessions are. Is, he's there, not sure, me. Sure, sure, sure. But uh, and I think that perhaps Howard is not quite. He doesn't pay attention doesn't to the work, marking. Doesn't work hard enough, you say? Yeah. Doesn't work hard enough on training. Could be that, or yeah. could be that he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't pay attention too much to the marking, and he's. So good attacking that then when he has to go yeah, back... Yeah, but you, you, the back, you can get away with that with playing with three in the back a little bit. Yeah, and especially when, you, when you're in Boca's position in most games. They're, they're going to dominate, aren't they? Um, 
what I did wonder when I saw the lineup, and I mean, okay, he scored the opening goal. That was just that when Gustavo Alfaro, you know, with all of the questions that were asked about how much longer is he going to be at Boca, is he still going to be at Boca in the new year? When he continues to apparently think that Tevez is the answer to Boca's problems ahead of Mauro Sarate, you, you, you've got to wonder how much longer. Well, I, right? think, I, mean, I, I think I think he's trying to make a personal joke. Just <laughs> I, I think Alfaro has the same problems that any late uh, Boca Boca manager. He thinks that the answer is to put more forwards in, in on, on the pitch. But he, he, I mean, in the starting lineup at least against Arsenal, he didn't. It was it was Abila. Yeah, but when you when you have you you have a problem to solve. I mean, I thought yeah. about about the, the the game against River. It was Sarate, It was Tevez. It was Abila. Oh, yeah, it was the uh, the Hurtado. They just throw attacking players mm-hmm. and let score. However, it is. And sometimes it's not just like that. Let's say they, they did the same against Lanús. They started against. Yeah, they started against River with Ramon Avila and Carlos Tevez up front. Avila got subbed off for Hanurtado. Sarate came on for Almendra, who was in midfield, and Sebastián Misha came on for Alexis McAllister, who's I mean Misha's a bit more of an out-and-out winger. But yeah, yeah. So that's taking away. The, a wide, adding a wide forward to for a, so a, it ended up like a four-two-four. So like four, yeah. yeah. Um, which is fine if you thought it through and if you've got a, a system to play that. But yeah, in this case, it looked like just chucking people on. Yep. Um, it, it's a little bit weird, really, with with Bocanab because they're a point off the top of the league. Um, you know, they're level with River in the standings, and we're only halfway through the league season, so we have to talk about them as title contenders. Right. Yes. And they've also won two of the last three Superliga. Yes. Well, not Superliga, mm. sorry. The first Superliga, the previous Primera, because it wasn't called the Superliga. But, you know, they won two, two of the last three titles. And yet, at the moment, I still think we're in this kind of weird thing until the end of the year where the, the Argentine media, at least until the year turns into 2020, are just going to be looking at it as it's still the hangover from the Libertadores. Nobody really gives a toss about the league until the end of the summer break. And is there going to be a new manager and everything? Yeah, but, you know, I think Boca will be fine. Now, if for some reason they didn't have River in the semi-final, hmm. if they lost to Gremio, for example, oh yeah, exactly. I mean, the first, the first they will be fine. I mean, yeah, yeah they go, the goal for the E will be winning the Libertadores. But if if they they feel this wrong about about losing against River again, it it, it, love, it it has a lot to do about feeling a bit traumatic about how how and I, you you saw it on the players and how how do they feel. And they react about some stuff. Uh, Andrada was an example of that game, and I, I don't think they're so so bad playing. I mean, I'm not a fan of Alfaro; he's too defensive for my taste. <laughs> but they they're not a bad team. They have good youngsters. Uh, besides some some weird choices like De Rossi, or I know playing Soldano as a right winger, they sh- they should be fine. They should keep being a title contender. They so. should be a good team. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they they're lacking team. battle. I think if it comes down to River and Bach at the end of the season, Bach are the ones who are going to battle it. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think they've shown that already. That but it's a mental stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a mental stuff. But, but the strange thing with the league is that I, I can see them not doing because they're not having to. If they were playing like River in the second or third last game of the season, and that looked like a potential title decider. Then you'd be putting a lot more money on River. Yes, yeah, uh, to win it. But the fact they've already played, I can mm. actually see Boca kind of. If it is River and Boca in the, in, in the title race, 
I can see them pipping it. Yeah, but it's a different. It's of a different. It, it, it's the big game mentality yeah, that's been the Gachardo era rivers advantage over Boca. Really, I think. But Superliga, sorry, some Superliga ends next year, and if River wins, we'll say both cups hmm. uh, yeah. that end this year, like Copa Argentina and Copa Libertadores, and Gachardo is still at River because there are also rumors. But we know about Gachardo. Uh, he will still he then he will be able or he will uh, focus on, on Superliga and mm-hmm. will be willing to win it because it will have he will have the third three crowns that we say here the triple corona mm-hmm. yeah uh, and and then perhaps leave uh, having won everything uh, if they don't win Copa Argentina or Copa Libertadores perhaps will be the same again. Uh, as eagerness for but uh, arguably if they lose the Libertadores final he might want to win the Super League even more that could be also yeah, another another way of putting it yes yeah. uh, Boca's remaining fixtures this year are Vélez away this weekend Oof. Union at home Argentinos in the Bombonera um, on the 30th of this month and then Central away on the 7th of December uh, I'm looking at that and thinking really Boca should be expecting at least three wins from those four games. Yeah, Vélez is a more complicated one, but I think. Mm-hmm. Vélez and Argentinos aren't going to be easy, but the fans are going to be demanding. Mm. Yes. A minimum of, of nine points from those. Um, so we will see. And we'll see whether Alfaro is, is still in charge. Um, one of the mistakes... Sorry, sorry, Sam. One of the mistakes, and I think it, 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 it should read like we have to buy a nine, a number nine, doesn't, doesn't matter what. It's not playing Sultana. As a number nine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that that Tevez is, is the answer to Boca or that Jan Rotal is not good enough. I think it's, it's, a, it's a kid who puts a lot of effort every time he tries to play. Yeah. Or the Sadat is a bad player at all, but I think he he's better when he cuts inside and tries to be as, as a kind of a winger or a side forward. Yeah. So then it should be a number nine. And I mean, he proves himself in the Superliga to be good enough to in, if he has enough... Uh, service to to him, he should be scoring goals. I mean, if if you need to win, you need you win games scoring goals. I mean, you don't have an actual number nine that you have with Benedetto. Yeah, I, I think the way he suffered is that Alfaro obviously knows uh, Abila from when they were together at Huracan. Yeah, and, and so it's natural, I guess, that, that he would. Yeah, but he he lives on he lives so, outside. So playing Soldano so relentlessly on the wing is just. But the second odd. second chance, just uh, no, the second option. Uh, for that position looks to be Hanurtado and not uh, Soldano. No Soldano. I don't. I don't understand why they pl- they they pay to Olympiacos that money, which is in a lot for Argentinian for league. Third choice. Yeah, for <laughs> third choice number nine. There was a proven one. Yeah. Um, the fourth team in the top four, in, or actually the third team in the top four, but the fourth who we're going to be discussing, uh, are River, um, who got a two-one win over Aldo Civi, uh, which. I think it's probably fair to say if their finishing had been slightly better, it could have been much more than 2-1. Um, River looked enormously impressive. That's not really news anymore, is it? No. Uh, liquid football, all the rest of it. Accidental partridge and so forth. Uh, that's one for our British listeners. I'm not sure the Americans <laughs> will understand it, but we'll see. Uh, and again, I think I said this, something like this last week or the week before, but if you can honestly afford to leave out Juan Fernando Quintero from your starting lineup, then you're clearly in a pretty good place as a team. Yeah. Um, is there anything else to say? I mean, no, it's just a, a flattering 
uh, result for Aldo CV. Mm. I think we because probably because it's a it's a hard place to visit. You you can win, but you're probably gonna scruff your way out of it with yeah, a two nil, one nil, and you're gonna come home quite cold because yeah, it, it, it was cold, it really freezing cold. about Plata at night time. Um, yeah, Nicolas de la Cruz put the finish on a really nice team move to make it 1-0 10 minutes before the break Rafael Santos Borre I can't remember what River's second goal was like actually but it was 10 minutes it after was the a, break. a pass from Palacio Palacios to De La Cruz and De La Cruz assisting Borre who uh, yeah. clip chipped it uh, past uh, Pornsic or how, I don't know I, I asked you the other day Pornsic Pornsic that's how they seem to yeah. go for it but yeah it, it varies depending on which commentator you're listening to uh, and then Federico Gino um, pulled one back for Aldo Civi to, to put a gloss on the scoreline that, as Tony said, they didn't really deserve. Uh, I think that's all we're going to say about River this week because, again, it, it gets a little bit samey after a while. I think on, Andres, something remarkable say. about the, the, this team is that they add to the kind of, of, of matches that their rival of also uh, tries to play because in this, uh, River wasn't comfortable even when they could have won with more goals or, or, or larger, a uh, higher difference. That the Alonso pressed too high and, of course, through long balls, very long balls, and, and River was is not comfortable playing like that. But they had to do sim- something similar, mm. except for those plays in which River scored, which were f- uh, smooth and fluent plays. Yeah. But uh, uh, with the exception of the goals, they try they had to play like Alonso uh, tried to, which was long balls pressing like. Uh, ugly game, perhaps. Mm. Yeah, but Alosivi is needed because they need uh, to, of course, uh, at least draw uh, again uh, to get the draw. against River will be like like uh, win, yeah. winning uh, uh, another matches uh, because, of course, they are now in the uh, relegation zone and, and 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 against River you can't play nice or uh, try to touch or the ball since the the back and then to the middle and. And they don't. They can't do that. So uh, they offer something that River isn't comfortable about. But they had to do it, and and River responded with a similar way of playing. Yeah. They do that. They okay. Okay, you play like this. I will play the same way, and and try to win uh, even playing like that. Yeah. One. I think one of the good things about Gajardo uh, as a as a River manager, he choose players that are tactical, tactical, in, intelligent. You know when when they they understand the game they don't, they don't need to be shouted about how to change the way you're playing they, they understand that if if you need to play a little bit more obvious they just do it and just carry on with the task and that gives you the win sometimes because you you you, you can be you can stuck with just a one way to, of playing or or doing the same way all the match entirely one the ninety minutes. So he I, also seems I think to an extent he's kind of like the mercurial number ten whis- the whisperer because. <laughs> Quintero comes in massively overweight and having clearly enjoyed his Christmas time in Colombia a bit too much right now, <laughs> um, and, and within a few months he's you know magical and within yeah. a year of signing for River he scores the biggest goal in the club's history De La Cruz came in and looked absolute toilet for the first sort of four or five months uh, and now as you put it is, is very tactically intelligent I mean he, he's, he's been a bit mercurial at times this year he's not always been consistent from an attacking point of view but he's always put a shift in now which yeah. he wasn't doing at all at first it seems like Gachado I guess I don't know whether it's because he was a number 10 himself and has now decided that he wants his teams to play this very 
by South American standards, very high pressing game yeah. and hard working game. But he seems to be able to get the best out of them. But he, yeah. he seems to be able to just develop players non-stop and mm. and full stop. And you can see why he's being linked with Barcelona at the moment because I think in the pub the last night, Andres was talking about Pity Martinez. They didn't sign him as the star of the show, and Nacho Fernandez, Fernandez as well. You know, he's taken these players who perhaps some of us would have thought, okay, a oh, decent player, and he's turned them into genuine stars by Argentina standard. So, it, it, not only number, number tens, he has a way with yeah. bring, uh, helping players to hit their hit their peak. Well, Pinola, Pinola was mm-hmm. it, it's you will say it's an old defender, yeah, thirty-three or something. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But that that's the good thing with Gachardo. He he understand and let the the players read the game and do their the stuff the task on on the pitch. He doesn't need to to wait to half time and say okay. He might do. I mean, probably he will do the, say some notes because he's a clever guy or, or as a manager. But he he trusts the players to to know what's going on on the pitch instead of getting really really out of hand with it with the shouting on the on the on the line and everything yes, else. It's like hard hard <coughs> hard to play in this this river because it's quite demanding. Gashardo demands the players and he demands himself also but it's hard and, and easy at the same time because yeah. it's easy because you when you you're fluent right? like this you are well you we play like this and if not like that. Yeah when you when you when you when you Um, teammates play well you're probably going to play well I mean it's contagious yeah um, moving on to I was going to go through the other two remaining members of the big five three remaining members of the big five sorry but because there was a classical this, this weekend just gone we're going to talk about the classical very briefly um, Gimnasia's uh, run of successive victories which stretched to two unfortunately has not held up Um, they were defeated 1-0 in the Bosque by Estudiantes. It's, it, it reminded me a little bit of, of Maradona's first couple of games in charge when, as, as Dan and Andres and, and I uh, mentioned a few weeks ago, they were rather unfortunate, you know, racking up the shots and everything mm. and not being able um, to stick it in the net. They, they had comfortably more attempts than Estudiantes. I thought they were well on top for a very large spell of the first half, especially. Um, but Mateo Retegui scored... When was it? Fairly early, no? Yeah, about 12 minutes into the second half. Um, and that's all she wrote, as they say. Yeah. Estudiantes get the win in the Clásico Platense. Again. Um, <laughs> once again, one of the things... I can't remember whether I mentioned this on the podcast, but I certainly mentioned it after most Team Nasia games on Twitter, uh, is, is that I just love the way that Maradona refuses to stand still for his post-match interviews. He just walks across the pitch. And so you have the faintly ridiculous sight of two blokes holding the advertising thing behind him, just legging it across the I pitch. I think that's very 90s. I remember seeing that a lot on the 90s in Argentine football. Yeah. The, of course, you have the, the player standing and, and giving the interview. I remember one that's Merville from, from Gamboa saying Gamboa in a, in, in a third-person way. But I do remember a lot of interviews when people were just walking around. Ramon Diaz was doing that a lot. I, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't sell the game. I just saw the memes because obviously that, that, that's what you get. The, Tell us about the memes. Yeah, so they, 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 they're our social media group. Um, the, 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 in the halftime, Diego Maradona was saying that... I think it was accusing Gata Fernandez of being a diver. Mm. <laughs> and Gata Fernandez came in and said, said you love the cameras, don't you? Which is, would be like a rhetoric question, you know? Maradona do love the camera. 
And Madonna said, "Go jump, uh, kangaroo!" Like he's like yeah. very little, like has used to uh, jump. And when you are in your mother's belly, I was already on camera, I think. <laughs> yeah. something like that. Well, my, my favorite one was that he he said, he was, was "I could be your father." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm old enough to be your dad. And I saw somebody on Twitter say, "You know, statistically speaking, yeah. it's you not could that be probable." Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 then I saw. I think it was a girl in Estudiantes uh, in Gimnasias Platea. Or, or, or maybe it was a bar. I don't know. It said, "Yeah, we are we are their sons for uh, 15 years in a row. Like they won every time. No, it doesn't matter what Gimnasia does. Estudiante finds a way to win it or draw in the last minute or mm. whatever. Um, so yeah, I think Gimnasia doesn't. It doesn't feel like a derby in a way. At least it was dignified this time. Because I mean, especially because it was it just last week or something. It was like the what twelfth anniversary of the seven nil. Yeah, something like that, right? Is it twelfth anniversary? Something like that. Yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah, I think I've remembered that right. Haven't I? Go with me. Um, but yeah, estudiantes. I mean, they had to dig in. It, it was what I guess we would call, without really referring to the current estudiantes team, but just historically speaking, it was a typical estudiantes. Yes. Win with the knife between their teeth, as Diego Simeone might have said. If he was talking about that game, um, I so mean, well done, Estudiantes. As and some news. Sorry to interrupt, Jamie, uh, but some very important news and some news that was very, very frustrating for Lee, who I saw on Sunday, um, <laughs> is that in two days' time, Estudiantes are finally opening the new stadium that they have been building since before this podcast began. And to give you some idea of how long that is, next week is going to be our ninth anniversary edition. Yeah. You two are just missing it by a week. Oh, a few they, more days. they 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 put um, a block every week, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like they put one seat in <laughs> per week. Yeah. every week. Veron was nailing them all into place himself and he needed to take a couple of days off in between. Um, so Estudiantes are going to be playing, I think it's Tacheres next at home, but in the Ciudad de la Plata. Um, and then the following day. So that hang on, today's Thursday. Yes, they play yep. they play Tacheres at home tomorrow evening in the Estadio Unico, and then on Saturday they're having a massive ceremony to open the new stadium. And their next home game after that will be the first one in the Estadio Hirschi, mm. which is named after some bloke. <laughs> I, I should have researched, researched that before, yeah. shouldn't I? Um, but yeah, we didn't cover Hirschi that last Hirschi? week in Hirschi. Hirsch. 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 Sorry, yes, okay, yeah. I'm getting him mixed up with Herschel, uh, who's the former Gymnasia and River coach of the 40s. Um, and I, I thought there was a, a letter at the end, but no, you're right, it's Hirsch, isn't it? Um, anyway, so that's some news for Estudiantes fans. Congratulations on the Classico win and on your new stadium. It's been a very I long time use coming. It. It's going to be the world's first carbon neutral ground as well. Mm. I don't know how actually carbon neutral really? it's going to be oh, because obviously it's built with anymore. massive amounts of concrete. But, but, uh, yeah, but they're going to be, I, I, be running it all off green. It's not going to be on the grid. It's going to be run all off green energy. Doesn't, stuff, doesn't so. Green Roberts do that already? Pardon? Green Roberts. The, 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 like the Forest Green Roberts. Forest Green Roberts. Forest Green Roberts, yeah. Forest Green Roberts. Oh, possibly. I don't know. I, well, I saw it reported I, I, as the first. Yeah, I'm not sure if their stadium is all that much, but I know they're trying to do like vegan stuff and yeah. And I know they, they just because they've, they've got green in their name. No, it's like a whole cult thing. It's weird. <laughs> oh, honestly, I they're love very, it, but we we can discuss it later. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very enthusiastic. Of England, I love it, but we can discuss yeah, it later. I, I know that they were trying to open a new stadium, which is all wood. Mm. So that sounds yeah. safe. It does, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, but then just I mean, ju- just go with a match. 
that's been done loads of times back down here in Argentina, in, way back in the past. Ferro. Yeah, exactly. I was going to yeah, go to Ferro. Ferro. They've only just put concrete into this. Um, the two remaining clubs in the Big Five are Racing, who drew 1-1 away to Patronato in a game which was just, I mean, hilariously one-sided. I yeah. don't know how Patronato... Tony, you're up, I guess, nominal, nominal Patronato. I'm going I'm to I'm be honest. I was, how the hell did Patronato this, escape with the this point? This might sound so silly, but... I was actually building a cabinet watching the game. Um, <laughs> out of wood or out of concrete? Wood. Is it a carbon neutral cabinet? <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the one of the questions about Patronato at the start of the season was about the goalkeeping position hmm. because uh, they were they were replacing uh, Bertoli. Bertoli, yeah, the mayor. Yeah, not, not, not the mayor, mayor but no, probably it's going to be counselor. the mayor at some point. Yeah. Um, and Ibanez is doing a really good job because Racing was good enough to, to create chances. I mean, Racing has enough talent up front to, to create chances up nowhere. It says here six shots on target, two I, big chances, two big chances missed, hit the woodwork once. This is all Racing, obviously. Yeah. Uh, those six shots on target are counterbalanced by 13 shots off target. Um, but still, Patronato had one shot on target, and that was and enough. Scored a goal. Yeah, and it was talking about scruffy goals. That was as scruffy as you get mm. because unless you can't Spurs yesterday. Mm. Um, but Patronato, I, I felt it felt like Patronato doing doing like they were doing a couple of last years uh, when they, they they come to a big team or important match. It, it felt like the the, the game. Where they they get out of the relegation zone last last season, it, yeah. it has the same vibe with Patronato dig up and work his way and trying to be more um, more aggressive by by the means of just being enthusiastic about it and not about football. I apologise if if your sound just drops a little bit. Latrice decided to give a tour of the table and she she walked in between Tony and the microphone. Yeah, don't worry, I'm gonna sound flunky a little bit. Um, but I think what it was it wasn't a, a fair one one game in the end because if you put it by a statistic yeah it was one shot on, shot on target that I can put a little bit of 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 uh, blame on the Russian keeper he was hilariously undecided about coming Gabriel out at all he's not yeah. having the best season he he considering he, how good he was in the championship winning season yeah he 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 tried to 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 uh, cut a little bit of the angle of of the shot but in in the middle of the run he decided to stay so it was like really weird to see it mm. but in the end Patronato was overwhelming Racing maybe they were thinking about getting the, the snatch victory uh, so I think it was a fair one one. Sorry, sorry, Dan. I, I would Don't agree. I, I mean, I, I'd agree, and I think that Dan would agree that, well, you know, the statistics tell a story of Racing dominating the game. Um, they kind of got what they deserved for not finishing the game yeah. much further ahead uh, before Patronato managed their only shot on target of the match. Um, also, Racing have been in the news this week. Oh, God, we've been recording for ages already, so let's wrap this up quite quickly. But still, <laughs> Eduardo Codet has announced, um, or has apparently told his club, this seems to depend on which news source you read, but Doble Amarisha are going with it, so I'm inclined to go with it, uh, that he is off to Internacional of yeah. Porto Alegre in Brazil, not of not Internazionale of Milan. Um, that would be weird, but I would love to see it. It would be surprising, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he'd be back in charge of Lautaro Martinez, but yeah, um, yeah it, it would be a turn-up for the books. He, he's off to Internacional. 
in January, apparently. And so Racing are already starting to look for a replacement and are apparently, we are told, and when I say we are told, what I mean is I, I read it online earlier, um, going to appoint Nestor Gorosito after Tigre's next match. Not San Lorenzo. That's going to be fun because... Oh, I, not San Lorenzo, is it? I should, I should saw the TV. Wait, I'm going to go as a bit of context. Confused. Sorry. Yeah. Big five clubs currently looking for managers. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, bit of context. Sam is, is, is uh, giving his back to the TV. And I'm, I'm, yes. I'm seeing it. And it was the news. And said that San Lorenzo is going to hire Godesito. So, Apologies. Uh, but anyway, Racing are going to be looking for a new manager. Um, possibly, if this stuff that we read about Kodak going to Inter is correct. Um, San Lorenzo played Independiente. They lost 2-1. Um, and they are possibly about to, to appoint Gorosito. Um, what did we make of Independiente San Lorenzo, gents? Anybody watch it? No, no, not really. Oh, no, bloody hell. Okay, I mean, right. Independiente obviously seem much better now that Becasese has left, mm. and he's apparently going to Atlético Paranaense in really? Brazil. Oh, yeah, my word. Yes. Uh, well, he's not a bad so manager at all. He will be in the same country as San Paoli. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. I think Becasese was a little bit of a a victim of his own success in a way I think he's more comfortable with little teams and trying to to um, develop a way of playing without the pressure I hope you're not calling Atletico Paranaense a little team Tony no I, that, that's not aren't but they the current Sudamericana champions they are indeed yes. yeah, yeah. I, I, that, that's not what I'm saying but it's, it, it's, it's a bold move for Becca Atletico with a H but I understand what Tony says for example something similar happened to Zielinski yeah uh he went to Racing mm. and he was six months there. Yeah. He couldn't stand the... I wouldn't say that he's a, a coach for, for small teams, but... but he will, it's more comfortable for him. Yeah. yeah. It was like David Moyes to Man United, right, Sam? Indeed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on, on the one hand... And it's it's a little bit like... No, no, but... I, okay, I, I get you all laughing, but... It's, it's also a little bit like... Uh, we had Jonathan Wilson on... At some point, not long after Moyes had taken the United job, and I remember him saying to us, I can't remember whether it was on the podcast or, or before we started recording, but it's a bit like how I think with these latest Gachardo to Barcelona rumours mm. might end up going. On the one hand, Gachardo's definitely got the talent to make it work. On the other, I'm not convinced that the Catalan press are going to give him a chance. No. Given what no. he, he could be the new Tata Martino. Exactly. Yeah, if, he, if, he, um, if he didn't play for Barcelona at some point, or precise. have a, some kind of connection with Barcelona, unless you're Johan Cruyff. Precisely. So it's a bit like, without saying that Gachardo's time at Barcelona is definitely going to go... I mean, A, without saying it's definitely going to happen, and B, without saying that if it does, it's definitely going to go badly. Um, but it's very much like Moyes at, at Old Trafford, in that, on the one hand, there's no way that it can go well. But on the other, from his point of view, it's a job you can't turn down. Why not? Yeah. When are you going to get the opportunity again? Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. That's the typical situation in which... If the train passes and if you don't get the train, is is it? Uh, of course, that should happen to for for him to accept or re- refuse the, the offer. But uh, uh, yes, with the like you are saying that with the Martino experience, it won't be easy to uh, get another Argentinian coach, which who's only known in Barcelona by Messi, mm. uh, because yeah. it, it has been say has been said that. So supporters don't know him, and it's good. It's it's it's, it's uh, not uh, uh, strange. Uh, they don't. Uh, Guardiola watches, Iniesta watches, and uh, Messi watches Argentinian football. Mm. But the 
Yeah. Most supporters of Barcelona that, that don't. they don't. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're going to call half. T- I'm going to call half time now. I'm the referee here, so I'm going to blow my whistle. Uh, we're going to refill our glasses. Perhaps pay a visit to the toilet. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Primera Femenina because it's been a couple of weeks since we last gave you an update on that. And um, indeed, on one very big piece of off-pitch news in the Primera Femenina that's happened today yes. regarding regulations. Yeah. Uh, and also, I want to take advantage of the fact that Tony is here and, and he's kind of a uh, unofficial women's football correspondent, but he barely ever actually is able to be on the podcast, which is a bit of a shame, so I have to try and scrape by it myself. And then we will answer some listeners' questions. Can so, I, can I ooh, uh, on. say really something quickly? Quick. Stop it, I, I, I said that Jovan Cruyff doesn't have any connection with Barcelona, but he played for Barcelona, and I was trying to say Rindus Michel, of course. Ah, okay. Yes. Right, yeah. yeah. It's just correcting myself yeah. a little bit. No worries. But yes. Uh, so for now, don't go away. Welcome back. Um, before we get going with the second half, I will just remind you that uh, both Jamie and Phil are already Patreon supporters of this podcast. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much to both of you. Um, <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, Sam. Oh, That was a good impression. Just scored. That was that's very good, Jamie. <laughs> well uh, done. Argentina just scored in the Children's World Cup against Paraguay um, <laughs> to put themselves 1-0 up after... 26 minutes so well done Argentina uh, what was I saying uh, about oh, patrons yes. patrons uh, please be our patron supporter as well you will get lots and lots of extra content each month but please don't let that put you off uh, please give us money anyway um, you can go to patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash hand of pod and you can sign up if you sign up at the two dollar a month level then you will get a couple of very short one man extra shows uh, which I will upload each month uh, with my thoughts on the weekend just gone uh, if you sign up at the f- I think it's $5 a month that you guys want mm-hmm. yeah. uh, right. the $5 a month <laughs> level um, then you get loads of extra content because I'll record those and, I, and we also record all together a Hand of Pod extra after each main episode as well this week's which we're going to be recording in a short while it's very fitting, actually, that Phil's going to be a guest for this one because we're going to be doing potted histories of Lanus and Banfield because they're playing the Classico uh, this weekend. Oh, OK. Um, so that's going to be the subject for this. I can, Tony's just picked up his phone and is starting to frantically Google already. Um, so and Sam, no. you've just... You told us before the podcast that you considered making a video uh, for Patreon yeah, subscribers I've, I've about people how to make time. mate. I've been thinking for some time because uh, Tony has... A, a, I'm going to let you say this, actually, Tony. Okay, well, I mean, Tony's lived in Cordoba, so this is an enormous honour for me. So I'm going to make him say it out loud. Okay, uh, it, it's, it's been kind of a legend for the listen, regular listeners of Hannah Pod. But I, I said uh, one of the best fernets I ever had came from the magic hands of, 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 of Sam. Of an Englishman. Yeah. I mean, that was controversial. I'm, 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 now that I, I have... I could get you kicked out of the country saying that too loud. Saying that, you know, well, yeah. technically, I am a Spurs fan. I have Mal vinegar in my house and Nando stuff. So <laughs> you're really making the case, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You um, might be a Ma- uh, Fernando Sommelier, something like that. No, no, no. I, I don't think I am. Probably, when I'm gonna get some of my Cordobese friends to come over and give the verdict 
but I, I think that given that I said that some make a very good fernet, one of the best, gosh, one of the best I ever had. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and, and, and do my own fish and chips and make him try. Ooh, okay. That that will be a good a good I'm contest. More than happy to try. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, given I, that, I think that some should do a good video for the. I have been thinking about yeah. an instructional video of how to pour a good fernet for some of our listeners. You know, especially in the states and, and in the UK, I know have managed to get hold of bottles of fernet branca, um, and uh, I, I should show you how to make a good one. Um, so I've, I've been thinking about adding that to the Patreon page. Maybe I'll do it this month because this month I'm going away for the last two weeks of the month. So to to even things out a bit and to give you something to. That, that you're paying I can't record you I have a camera so hmm. we will think about this anyway um, moving on to the Primera Femenina the women's top flight um, the scores from the round of games just gone which were played on Saturday Sunday and Wednesday for some reason um, because go on why no Monday or Tuesday the, 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 they were playing on Monday and there was the rain ah, and they had to, to put them they got on, called off by the thunderstorm yeah. yeah cool so why Orquiza beat Gimnasia uh, La Plata 4-1. El Porvenir lost at home to River 4-0. On Sunday, Independiente Boca finished 4-2 to Boca. Estudiantes de La Plata uh, beat Villa San Carlos 3-2. And Rosario Central beat Racing 4-2. And then on Wednesday, Defensores de Belgrano 1. Televisión 2. Huracán 1. Excursionistas 2. And San Lorenzo 2. Platense 2. Uh, we have, as I said, missed a couple of weeks of, of the championship. Um, so the standings at the moment are the Boca have six wins from six, 24 goals scored, only four conceded. They have maximum points on 18. In second are San Lorenzo with uh, 13 points, four wins, one draw, one defeat. Guayurquiza um, also have a 100% record, but they've only played four games. I'm guessing that's because of national team call-ups. Yes, they it generally is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. they get like half as well. It is, it is, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, most of the pe- most of the, the players from Guayurquiza are Argentina national team players. So yeah. yeah, so they are third on 12 points with a goal difference of 10, but obviously with two games in hand, so they could go level with Boca if they won them both. River have one game in hand. They've, they've played five. Of course, they lost the first game of the season 5-0 to Boca, and since then they've won four out of four, so they've also got 12 points. Uh, and Rosario Central also have 12 Central I will say are doing really well considering they were basically they were allowed into the top flight because they said look we'll give everybody full time contracts um, they didn't actually win promotion yeah. last mm. season and they have had in a goal yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> was there a controversy with Central being included into the first division or not or I I, I am confused you Probably confused. I don't think anybody was. I, I didn't hear about that many complaints because they didn't win promotion like at anybody's expense. Televisión were the side who won promotion on the pitch, weren't they? Yeah. And they they were allowed in anyway. Um, and I think that the African yeah, also it's a bit, little bit about there. extending the the number of of, of uh, teams on on the first division and trying and to getting one in from the interior. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah. think that that's part of the goal. And I know, for example, that this is good for background in English that. Belgrano is doing really well. They have their own shirts, trying to put that effort to um, make it at the same level as the men's team. So yeah, yeah. And I think it's also nice this season as well. Although they haven't, uh, they got off to a really good start. I think they scored whatever it was, thirteen what? goals in their first two games or something. Televisión. Uh, yeah. But it's nice to have another team along with Wild Kisa, whose women's side are just so much 
more high profile than the men's side even if in their case it's yeah, probably yeah. because the club were founded like two years ago or something yeah, yeah. I knew there was something to do with that they have even included uh, to uh, okay so some second division teams are upset about the fact that central well yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. That's that will happen yeah it happens even in the men's game when you have the kind of weird situation yeah yes. I understand like he, they, they went to first division uh, on the desk yeah, <laughs> with with yeah with papers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other big news in the women's game though today, uh, I'm Tony. Since you're our nominally our, our women's correspondent in Commerce, I'm going to let you uh, break this news. You, you sort of w- when I mentioned it before half time, you went ah yes. So I'm assuming that we're thinking about the same story. If we're not, then I'll, I'll fill it afterwards. But take it away. Yeah, basically now they they recognise that the players have full rights when they get pregnant. Yeah, that is which is which is which is amazing. I think mm-hmm. um, I think that we, we as a society in general, not only Argentina but many many countries, we should understand the the relevance of being or forming a family, being a, being a parent. I mean, mm-hmm. I, as myself, I don't think that's necessary for my um, as for be fulfilling for me for a person as a person. But many people does. Mm. And we have the example, for example, uh, of Vanina Carrera, which, Correa, which is the, the goalkeeper of the national team, which left the game f- for being a mother, basically. He wanted to, to raise the two children. And now we have the full rights for the players to, to take the, the time they leave and, and, and they, don't, they will still have paid and everything else. So I think it's a, it's a good move forward. I think it should be the same for for the, the men's game I think they should be able to live if you want to for a couple like paternity leave sorry yeah paternity yeah, of course yeah yeah not maternity leave but as a, as a yeah. parent it's not just missing your game it's for any kind of coincidence your 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 partner's gonna it's gonna um, be a mother on the Sunday mm. you're gonna play yeah. I mean you, you can live for two weeks if you want to three weeks if you yeah. want to because being a parent it's Assumingly, very important for you. Yeah. So it's a move forward. I think it's, it's really good news. So, so the situation that, that the AFA and Futbolistas Agremiados, which is the the players' union, um, announced earlier, is that from now on, um, first of all, players won't be allowed to play um, once they have become aware that they're pregnant. That they're going to be completely off. They will be allowed to take part in as much training as their doctors say that they can safely take part in. Yeah. Um, they will be uh, paid in full during their time off playing and they will have their contracts respected so if a club decides to say well you're pregnant so we're going to terminate your contract they still have to continue paying that player until the doctor signs them off as fit to play again and if the doctor signs them off as fit to play in between transfer windows uh, the AFA will give them 20 days to sign for a new club whether or not the, the transfer window is, is open um, which as, as Tony says it, it's it's a big story in a country that um, where women's rights aren't always mm-hmm. as up to date as a lot of people would like let's say that might be changing um, to an extent with, with the new once the new government comes in because one would think at least that abortion is going to eventually push gonna through be, in yeah. the next few years now, a lot of people now. still doesn't uh, consider raising a child like something it's like an unpaid, an unpaid job and a lot of people mm. doesn't consider like that mm. still don't, they don't consider uh, they they say it's well it's something they sh- have to do and this is it and nothing else yeah 
Yeah, it's a very Matista yes. culture yeah. in that respect. I mean, yes. I notice it as well because I'm, I'm, you know, part of a household. Yeah, I think most months my, my girlfriend earns quite a bit more than I do. Um, so Sorry, we Sam. have the kind of the opposite thing. Yeah. Sorry, Sam. I'm also a little bit about saying that I think part of the conversation, I mean, officially it's not something that, that was said. But I remember a situation with our Orlando Pride player, the the team from the from the US mm-hmm. USA League, that was training up to the seventh month, I think, of pregnancy. He he she wanted to do that, but also I understand her fear not to be paid or yeah. uh, trying to um, keep the, the the you know the family up to and also being a footballer i mean you understand kind of the situation if you don't have the rights to do that mm-hmm. i'm not clearly sure if if that that league has the that in considerance you know to, yeah. you have that in mind but i think i remember the the, the pictures and the videos was like wow you really train and that's really dangerous for your kid mm-hmm. i mean wow mm. indeed um, we'll move on to listeners questions Belgrano in English says, "Thank goodness Tony is back. Somebody on the pod who realizes there are cities and teams from outside." Buenos Aires. <laughs> I'm not going to say Even though you've got the news uh, all I, I must admit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I'm not going to say yeah, nothing about yeah, it. Yeah. I, I, I must admit that at first I, I took a little bit of offence to that uh, because we try to be a little bit more inclusive on hand of pod. Obviously, we can't give everybody equal time. When I say everybody, I mean all clubs um, equal time. Um, but afterwards, uh, Jimmy did make clear that, that he was joking and, and it was meant to be an expression of relief that Tony yeah, was on. Yeah, I know, right? I know. <laughs> to to the rest the Tony of Fan Club. <laughs> honestly, I was, I was reading the tweet and I don't know if any of you saw Criminal on Netflix. And I, I saw it because David Tennant is one of yeah. my favorite actors. And one of the episodes, the only episode he was in, he... He said like 20 times, no comment. You know, that was the only thing I had yeah, in mind, like, no comment, no comment. Uh, oh, Andres says that's not true. I know that Avicenna and Banfield exist. <laughs> good job. Yeah, that was a good job. Didn't mention Lanus, though. No Controversial, sure. given no. current, <laughs> current company. Um, memory. More seriously then, Belgrano in English says, what do you consider to be a greater accomplishment out of the following? A. Defensa y Justicia finishing subcampeón or runners-up last season. B. Argentinos being top at the halfway point this season after finishing last in the table last year. Or C. Colón reaching the Sudamericana final in their first ever international tournament. Which, ironically, given what he just said about us ignoring the world outside Buenos Aires, it's not Colón's first ever international yeah, tournament. No, it's uh, it's corrected by my friend it. Nicolás. It, it yeah. was Unión, and that was what confused yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that the biggest achievement of those is I mean Argentinos being top at the moment I don't think it's that no it's early it's not yet early achievement by the standard of the Argentine yeah. I, I would make it between A and C I think it's defensive yeah. I think it is yeah. because and, unless Colón win the Sudamericana yes. which is this Saturday by the way it is the but Colón spent a lot of money we have to remember that they they, they bought for uh, years Pulga uh, from Atletico Tucumán mm. they Newell's tried to sign and, and Jimmy will know about this uh, Lertora from, 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 from Belgan, Belgrano before this season former favourite Lertora because yes. he started out at Ferro so Ferro, very yes. very very long term listeners new, remember new, Australian Dan telling everybody about him when he was like 18 <laughs> Newell's made about 6 million dollars in sales during the winter here in Argentina and we Colón were able to pay more for Lertora Newell's couldn't afford him so I think they've spent a lot of money, so I would say that Defensa Justicia coming second last. Defensa Justicia had Bragalnik 
arrangement as Phil yeah. puts yeah. it as well. The other, I mean, so but the fact they've fallen they so low as much, because but they had a super left. agent helping them out. Did, yeah, they did. I, I just the Cologne so, thing. I'm a little bit bitter because I, I of the Dora. But, <laughs> yeah. I, I am inclined to think that Cologne in the Sudamericana final is probably the biggest story uh, because we've seen surprise champions in the Argentine league almost throughout its. I mean, yeah. certainly since like the late seventies onwards, there, there yeah. have been first-time winners, and, and certainly in the current century, um, even while we've been doing Hand of Pod, I mean, when we when Hand of Pod began nine years ago next week, Argentinos were the reigning champions yeah. of, mm. of Argentina. Um, and I saw their last two games that season. Um, well, Newell's out of nowhere to often won. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so I, w- I would say that Colón's first continental final... I'm going to disagree. I saw the I think I'm going to disagree a little bit. Yeah, for two reasons. Yeah, the, the defense of Justicia, it's not, for at least... For now, in the same level that Colón and, and, and Argentinos, uh, for, for a second, I forgot. And I think it's a little bit more about perception, especially from perception. Defensive Justicia never, never, never thought that would be trying to to, to be champions mm-hmm. at some point. And at least but they had. I mean, they qualified for a couple of Libertadores and Sudamericanas mm-hmm. in a row. Like they've had. Now, no, but what, what I was trying to, to, to come up with is Cologne, since the 1998 participation in the Copa Libertadores, or I think it was 1997, maybe I'm just a little bit off with the year. Since then, mm-hmm. they tried to build up to that. And for a couple of years, participation in Copa Sudamericana and trying to get into Copa Libertadores and everything else, they, as, as uh, Jamie said, would spend the money and doing the having the the, 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 the Copa America in, the, in their own stadium and everything else. They're trying to build up to that. I think it's a little bit less surprising. Maybe get to the final years, but as a fun perception, especially in Santa Fe, they think they are aiming to that for sure, a couple okay. of years and then finally got to it's the place. Yeah. And I remember you guys basically said in the podcast many months ago, at the time when Pulgar Rodriguez signed for Cologne, that they were being invested by dodgy money. Because I asked the question, I said, well, question, yeah, 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 how yeah. Can, at the time, La Pulgar Rodriguez was the best player in Super League. Like, he was. Yeah. And he went from Atletico to Man, were second at the time. And Cologne were 18th. And to me, I was like, how can a team in 18th position buy the best player in the league of a team who's second? Well, I remember you guys saying, there's some dodgy stuff going on with also, me there at Cologne. remember the, poli- the pol- political uh, things with Atletico Tucumán, because everyone has... Uh, yeah, uh, so I mean, he was kind of forced out of that. Yeah, but yeah, also, yeah, Cologne has a history. I, I don't mind to offend any Cologne uh, listeners, but there are, and, and I tend to, to go more with Union, to be honest. But Cologne has a history of... Uh, Presidents, they get money yeah. on the table, so it's not really surprising. Santa, Fe, I mean, no offense, Jamie, but Santa Fe province. as a province, yeah. 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 I'm totally from Santa Fe. So. I'm not. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm from the Rios, yeah. Ah, okay. Anyway, moving on to the next question. Darren Paul says, "Are you going to get Football Manager 2020?" I did already. <laughs> Tony's got it. I actually put a query on uh, Twitter this afternoon because. Um, I, it's the first edition in a while that has struck my interest and I'm, mm. I'm, I'm still thinking about it 
because I don't know whether I can bear to leave Chemnitz behind from October I, did, I did already. So. I'm, I'm, I have a, I have a, a save with Union Berlin, actually. Mm. Oh, you, no. <laughs> you, you can't. We're enemies now. Question so. about Argentina I, I, football I, I, manager. I, 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 just, I don't know whether I can leave behind the players that I've been leading for yes. the last seven years. I think you'll find the change from 2013 to 2022 much. I'll stick with you. Yes. Well, that's yeah, the thing. I, so I'm, I'm tempted to... Because, especially because now that I have established via my, my Twitter queries... Uh, that we pay half the price for it down here, uh, as as I would do if I was in the UK. I'm very tempted to buy this one and just play some very different careers, but still go back to 2013 because I just I love my Chemnitz team too much. Mm. So it, it's tricky. But well, anyway, what tier does uh, football manager go down to in the Argentine leagues? It was Argentina, which is the first two divisions. Just yeah, but you have the, you have the guys from uh, from football manager Argentina that gives you a full, oh, like an update, a full tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Who? I have to say, um, I, I have been meaning for some time to try and get them on the podcast one yes, of these weeks to, very to talk about if I remember correctly and, and scouting the Argentine game. If I remember correctly, one of the scouts of the leaders of football manager Argentina uh, worked in the same place as my girlfriend, I think. Oh. We were in contact for I've, a couple I've, of I've weeks. been in Twitter contact with them for yeah. some time, and one of these days I'm, I'm going to get them along. Um, so that, that might be a The reason why Phil is here, of course, a, a reminder. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 One of the coincidences. Uh, along with this very <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, Darren also says, are we, i.e. Racing, out of the title race? I'm of the opinion that we've thrown away a huge chain. I think he means chance. Uh, and with Caldet out the door, we are likely done. Uh, I, I think, I think really, given Racing's record in recent years, that Racing were out of this year's title race as soon as they won last year's title. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, yeah I, I think in Argentina, you only done that. If they're not the top four at this stage... Uh, it, I mean, it's a bit like saying, you know, for the last several years, it's been a case of, of saying whenever a team wins the Libertadores, right, well, they're not going to win next year's Libertadores. This year, it might happen for the first time in 17 years. Um, 18 years, sorry. Um, but, you know, by and large, it sort of excludes you from the next one. Uh, Darren also says, is Sebastian Saha the man for the job? Or Claudio Ubeda, at least in the interim? Ubeda, I don't think so, because of the... Sorry, yeah, Ubeda, yeah, you're quite right. The no, don't worry. I think that if, for a philosophy point of view, I don't think that. No, it'd be Ubeda. interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, but Saka, I don't really no know. idea how he manages. I didn't. I really don't know. He left he, has never, he, he was the manager of which team? I don't know. He, he managed in Chile, I think. I'm, I'm going to go. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm going to go. Universidad Católica, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Southern Saka. Okay, I'm going to Google that and we'll answer that. Quickly. While you're answering no, that, I will read out Darren's next tweet, which is: This may have been answered previously, but what did you make of the absolutely embarrassing and ridiculous scenes of Maradona on a throne again? As we said last week, he means armchair against you. <laughs> I assume he's talking about Newell's, uh the other week at home in your own beautiful stadium. For me, I was ticked about it. Clown show. I think it's even more ridiculous for him to say that he won't leave anything to their, to his daughters. Yes, I was going to mention that video earlier. I think I think that his little scuffle at the end of the Estudiantes game was overshadowed by that video where Maradona came on and addressed his daughter uh, Giannina, 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 Giannina yeah. and said basically she had come out during the week and said that Maradona is on the way to an early grave and he's dying. And he came out and said, oh, well, I just want to tell you uh, that I'm leaving all my money to charity and you're not getting a thing. That's so, and, then, uh, and, then, and then Claudia, the, the ex-wife, came I, on to say some stuff too. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, on the one hand, I, I find Maradona's daughters and, and their media obsessions a bit annoying. But on the other hand, I was thinking the other day, just after I saw the headlines of all of this stuff on the news, um, just 
if that's the world that you've been born in, and if you have lived all of your life almost, you know, having conversations with your dad via the Argentine news, it, it would fuck your relationship, yeah. up, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, as to Darren's question, I would. I mean, actually, I'll say, Darren, I'm assuming, uh, given that you're asking the question, that you've not yet listened to last week's Hunter Pod, yes. uh, because Jamie did in fact mention that at, at some length last week. I mean, just briefly, from from embarrassing and ridiculous was the performance by News on the pitch, <laughs> <laughs> and you know uh, the the whole party beforehand. It, it wasn't really because. It's Maradona, and this is Argentina. And but you did mention how you thought that. Yeah, it I think it players. did. I did. I, I think oh, I it did. Expanded it to both teams, saying the Gimnasia were probably going to yeah, be confident. Yeah, it affected the players psychologically, and you can see the fact that Estudiantes went out and bet Gimnasia last week. I mean, news are either really, really bad, or that match was fixed. Um, <laughs> but but from you know the spectacle of Maradona coming out, we didn't feel ridiculous or embarrassed by it because we still feel that in 1993 when Maradona came, he chose news. He could have picked to go back to Boca or to go to another Argentinian team he came to us it's Maradona it's not embarrassing and ridiculous okay we lost the match that's that's really the part that was embarrassing and ridiculous the performance on the pitch it was still great to see Maradona come out yeah. at El Caloso so. I mean one of the things that, that last week when it was happening I got somebody tweeted me I don't think it was a Handapod listener but somebody tweeted me during the game saying why are Newell's like reacting like this for a guy who played five games for them and I said my reply was because he played five games for them. Yes. Like, how many other clubs can say that? Yeah. It's Maradona. It's not like some yes. bloke. It's the person that any Argentine yeah. will tell you is the greatest player of and, all time. And this is before the '94 World Cup. You have to remember that. Mm. I mean, he was still in the Argent- Argentina team in '94, yeah. and he, he went to Newell's before that. So, uh, Darren also said, Tony, have you found a? I did. What you were looking for? Um, um, Sebastian Saja was the manager of a team from Paraguay. Uh, and now he's at Agropecuario. Okay. So yeah, I was very much thinking of somebody else. And Agropecuario, it's funny because they they are funded by Global Copatel, which is a huge name in Argentina, especially from the from from the side of the um, country. Yeah, country. Yeah, with the the, the soja and soy and stuff. Yeah. So the the the, 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 the agronomical. Yeah, and agronomical they, they have a lot of. Yeah. You will think ex-players like Matias de Federico, Gonzalo Cruzener. Is de Federico an ex-player? You will think it is. Uh, oh, I but he's playing at the Grupo Equario. He's still only about 25 or something. No, he's like 34. Bloody hell. Okay. Emiliano Telechea, uh, Amauro Albertengo, which is the, 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 the yeah. brother of the, the Albertengo at Newell's. Um, oh. Yeah, people that you will think is retired. Well, no, it's not retired, playing for Grupo Equario. Wow, okay. Darren has another question to Lanus English, that's Phil. Do you follow your basketball team at all, Phil? No. Darren is big I on I have a vague awareness of the basketball team and, you know, all power to them, but I don't like basketball as a sport, so no. Well, yeah. basketball is not big in, in, in England, to be honest. Yeah, some people like the NBA. It is for Darren. Darren <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know, but. I don't yeah. care for it as a sport. I know, but. Darren's big into his basketball and he. It's uh, not as big as, well as Argentina. Being, uh, as well as being the, the one of the, the uh, main men behind the official Racing fan club in London, uh, he's also a basketball commentator, I know, in the UK. Um, so thanks for the question, Darren, but unfortunately we have an underwhelming answer for you. Um, other questions? Oh, that's it. Those are all the questions, which means that after this next piece of theme music, you're going to hear Mystic Sam's predictions for the weekend to come. Done live, because I haven't looked at the fixtures yet. So don't go away.
I have just challenged these four gentlemen sitting around the table with me. Uh, whether one of them wants to take me on, and they're all too chicken. So it's like challenge you to to do for Ned. I'm sorry. Indeed. <laughs> Here's what's definitely going to happen this coming weekend. And if it is definitely going to happen, then don't bother watching the games because you know what's going to happen. Uh, in other words, it's not. Estudiantes versus Tacheres on Friday. Uh, yeah, Friday evening. I think is going to be an Estudiantes win. Union versus Atletico Tucumán. I'm going to go for a draw there. On Saturday, the first game at 3.30 in the afternoon. Oh, we're already into the 3.30 games, are we? Are we into summer hours? Or- no. Not really. Not but there's yet, nothing at 1 o'clock but in the, the afternoon. But the water says... Ah, there is on Sunday. It's going to be okay. next week that the, the Alpha Stadium... That's when the summer that, hours... Yeah, they, will, they can't schedule matches... From 11 to 5pm. Super, right. So, on Saturday at 3.30 is the Clásico Lanús versus Banfield. I'm going to go for a Lanús win. And Top that, and this, table. This is, this is not with a yeah. knife on, on your neck. To, I mean, to me. it's, it's second or joint first, if you like. Get 21st, so... Common sense. I mean, I'm saying nothing. I don't want to make you nervous, Phil, but it's going to be embarrassing for Lanús <laughs> if they don't win it. Oof. Although maybe not, because in the past this is one of those classicals where if you know if there's one classical where the old truism of form goes out the window, it's true. I think it's the classical that saw in recent years. Um, San Lorenzo versus Argentinos. I'm going for an Argentinos win. Godoy Cruz versus Independiente. Draw. Letting the Independiente. Go past Independiente. I'm going to go for an Independiente mm. win there at 8 p.m. And then there is a 21:10 kickoff as well. For those of you who don't do the 24-hour clock, that's 10 past 9 in the evening. Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero versus Patronato de la Juventud Católica. Relegation dog de Paraná. A point sixer, as we call mm. them on Hand of Pod. I think that that is going to be a draw. I'll go for the locals. I mean, honestly, I'm, it wouldn't surprise me if either side ended up yeah. snatching it. But I, yeah. I'm going to go for a draw. Uh, on Sunday, last weekend, Boca had the 11 o'clock kickoff. This weekend, River had the 11 o'clock kickoff. They have sold it out because it is going to be their last home game before the Libertadores final. Uh, it's against Rosario Central. Last game at the Monumental, not last game at all. No, no, that's, that's, yes. that's home game. Yeah, that's that's on Sunday, right? Um, it is on Sunday. Yeah, because they, they play against Rosario Central on Saturday on the on the women's league. Mm. Oh. Ah. Yep, and the I think they made a conscience, yeah. And River's gonna want to use a commemorative shirt of the 70 years of Adidas. It's gonna be a black one. Oh. Mm. Yes, as they will in the men's. Dark grey. Well, yeah, it's black, black dark yeah, grey. Two-tone, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the colour of the t-shirt you're wearing, Tony. So it was black once upon a time and it's now yeah, faded slightly we're not, we're not the same... Uh, logo. No, no, not no. with the same logo, no. Um, anyway... River versus Central. Um, from what I've read, uh, River appear to be fielding essentially a first choice eleven, with the possible exception of uh, Poncio playing ahead of Perez. I'm going to go for River to win. I hope you're right. I mean, you have to, don't you? <laughs> uh, Aldo Civi versus Gimnasia y Prima La Plata, or to give them their full name, Diego Maradona's Gimnasia y Prima La Plata. It's a lot like Frank Lampard's Derby County last season. Um, <laughs> I'm going for a Gimnasia win there. I think that in spite of defeat in the Clásico, Gimnasia's otherwise good recent form is going to hold up. Newells versus Defensa y Justicia. Bloody hell, where are they? So let's see. This is... Newells are in 10th. Defensa y Justicia are in 16th. 
Um, but defensives this year held Argentinos Juniors and Newells are on a two-game losing streak. Because you're here. Newells have got... Yeah. Yeah. I'll be at the game, by the way. I'll be at the game. That that gives you a hint. Newells have got got a far better attacking record, so I'm going to go for a Newells to get a win. Oh, I hope so. Uh, Their first win in Jamie's presence. Mm. Um, First goal as well, it would be. (laughs) They haven't scored while I'm here. Racing versus Huracan. I think it's going to be a Racing. No, actually, do I? No, I think that's going to be a draw. And Belles against Boca, I think, will be a Boca win. And I've just realised there are no games on Monday night. Which is fantastic for me, because on Monday night, it's the Buenos Aires pub quiz, which you're coming to, aren't you, Jamie? Yes. 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 Phil, I think you're going to bug off. Oh, by one. It's still only about 10% written so far, but Jamie's going to be. How many per team? Six. Okay. Oh, you can go on my girlfriend's team. I need four more. <laughs> you can go on my girlfriend's team. She's okay. got a regular team. They normally do I should go. mid-table. If, if, if John's going to go with my girl. Well, John plays on my girlfriend's I team as well. Great. So, okay. Yeah, Wait, okay. Four teams. Stun, stun, stun. It's a sports team, basically. You'd better message him to make sure that they don't let too yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're in Buenos Aires on Monday night, then feel free to come along as well. Message me and I'll give you the, the address and everything. Um, there are some decent-looking games there this weekend. Sure. They? Especially the classic ones, man. Feel a little bit, which we will be previewing in a few short minutes by giving you potted histories of the two teams involved. So get over to Patreon.com/handapod. Thank you for prompting me this, Tony, um, and become a Handapod patron, and you'll be able to hear what we have to say about Lanús and about Banfield. For now, thank you very much indeed for listening. Again, this has been a really, really long episode, so thank you particularly if you're still paying attention right now. And uh, goodbye from Tony. Bye. Bye from Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. From our two very, very, very special guests. It's been a pleasure having you here uh, last week and this week, gents. Um, Jamie. Thanks a million. And Phil. Goodbye. And we hope that you'll be on before too much longer again uh, when you get back to Buenos Aires sometime. And from me, thank you and goodbye. <laughs>